all up to you now, Jack. My destiny rests in your capable hands. Hey, I'll do my best. All right, this is Jack Mangan right here with Desert Pixie. We are recording our audio for the Wangapalooza, or the Hell of Many Paloozas. I actually don't know what the hell we called this thing, but we watched Big Trouble in Little China just a few short minutes ago, and uh, we are now going to record our reactions. Now, we've actually had taken a few minutes to stew over it, so Desert Pixie, you've had a few minutes to stew... You know, in the sticky sweet sauce over a bed of rice or fried rice with egg roll. And the Pork Chop Express. And the Pork Chop Express, yes. So what is your what is your react? Now, I mean, also everyone should feel comfortable to react however they feel, even though we have a low pan out there who uh, will surely have some kind of contribution. But everyone should feel free to give their true and honest gut reaction to this film. So now, actually, we have not discussed anything. We just sat down and I'm, I pressed record. So now Desert Pixie, uh, you have the floor. What was your reaction to Big Trouble in Little China? Well, it's the first time I've seen the movie, or at least the first time I recall ever seeing the movie. I remember my stepdad um, back in the 80s talking about this movie and him getting a big kick out of it. And I think um, he idolized a little bit of uh, Jack Burton back then <laughs> and uh, tried to be funny. So, um, maybe that's kind of why I've steered away from this movie my whole life because of my stepdad. But, um, the movie was not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be something, I don't know, something a little different. I didn't realize it was kind of like a, um, West Side Story and, and little, little Chinatown there and... (laughs) in San Francisco. When you're a Wing Kong, you're always a Wing Kong. Yeah. Is that Wang Chung tonight? Yes. Oh. So, (laughs) yeah. But um, it was fun and super campy. And my favorite bad special effect of the movie by far was the, um, how should we call it? The cave-dwelling giant eel that just jettisons out of the side of the wall and and takes, (laughs) takes some guy. I thought it was like an ant, like a giant ant. Oh, you know what? It was like one of those um, those fish at the bottom of the ocean, those electric fish with the giant jaws and the antennae. That's what it looked like to me, <laughs> with the big, giant, scary eyeball. Yeah, that was my favorite ba- bad special effect. What, what would you what would you say your favorite worst effect was? I don't know. You know, there are so many. That's definitely where this movie um, stumbles, because there's the, the horrible beholder thing. Um, and then there's actually the, the really bad creature that grabs, um, mannequin girl and Kim Cattrall and drags her in and then is on the track at the very end. Spoiler, of course, you know, hopefully you've watched Big Trouble in Little China. Um, I think that creature is, is probably the worst. I mean, that creature is unbelievably bad. It's so obviously just a guy in a shitty mask. (laughs) I mean, it reminds me of Conan the Destroyer. You know, it's 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 really just an awful effect, and and everyone involved in this film should be deeply, deeply ashamed of every scene, every moment that that thing is on screen. We should re-roll through the credits and see if that's really like a baby and a Sir Andy Circus under that costume <laughs> back in his early days. There is in the credits. There's a sewer creature. I noticed. I don't oh. know who the actor was. No, it wasn't Andy Circus. <laughs> so, so that was it. So. Um, 
a long pointy fingernail up or long pointy fingernail down? Um, a long pointy coke finger up the nose is what that is. <laughs> but I pulled up um, Big Trouble in Little China off of IMDb, and I have to say, in case um, those of you who love this movie and you want to see more like it, here are IMDb's recommendations. The Golden Child. Oh, God. Jewel of the Nile and Romancing the Stone, although Jewel of the Nile is ranked first above ahead of Romancing the Stone. No one needs to be snuffed out just like that. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I've never seen. Have you seen that one? I have seen it. And um, I know it's, you know, it's, it's nothing like this. So I don't, I don't really see the connection other than that they're kind of have a geeky subculture appeal. Mm. Here we go. Hold on to your wife beater shirts. Last action hero. Yeah, I can see that, actually. <laughs> and the Prince of Persia. The new one with the new um, one, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. All right, I haven't seen it. All right, the the Princess Bride is in here. What do you think of that? Well, yeah, because it's there's some satire in it, and it's a little bit... It doesn't take itself too seriously. Willow? Um, there was no such movie. Oh yes, this that's right. We've had this discussion in your loathing of Willow. <laughs> that's right. All right, this one I I fully disagree, fully disagree with, and I think you're going to be on the same page as I am. Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, that's just Asian stereotyping right there. Oh, there you go. IMDb is racist. Yes. Ghostbusters two. I don't see Ghostbusters one on here or three for that matter. Well, there is no Ghostbusters three. Oh. <laughs> The Adventures of Baron somebody. Von Munchausen. Von Munchausen. There we go. That's probably right up right up little big trouble little China. Yeah, just because it's kind of wacky and, and off the rails. And then I'm going to give one more. Lady Hawk, which I have no idea what that is. Really? Yeah. It's probably only up there because the music in Lady Hawk, it's a fantasy movie, but with truly atrocious 80s music in the background. Oh, this had a truly atro- atrocious 80s music in it. But it, it was befitting of this movie. I especially liked the, the song. There's a song called Big Trouble in Little China over the end credits, which right. is just a crappy 80s pop song. Right. It needs, um, who sang the Ghostbuster song? Ray somebody. Ray Parker Jr. Ray Parker Jr. Stop rubbing your body up against mine because I can't concentrate when you do that. This is Lopan. So, Mr. Mangan, you want to do an episode on that blasphemous film, Big Trouble in Little China? You think this so-called film is an accurate portrayal of my life? Sure, sure, sure. I go for the green-eyed girl once in a while. But I never make them hold a fucking sword while levitating them to some dragon lamp straight out of an oriental trading company catalog. I'm sure... Sure, sure, I I may run the Wing Kong Exchange, but there is no giant hidden ceremonial chamber. It is all cheap plastic and porcelain Buddha statues and vases that you no doubt could also find in an Oriental Trading Company catalog. And as Ching Dai is my witness, there is no giant ape-man monster living in my cellar. That, that, that Gracie Law is a damn liar. Everyone knows it. She couldn't write a good story if it was written for her by Iris Chang herself. May Gracie Law be sent to the hell of the upright mannequin. 
Look, look, this is bullshit. I'm clearly still alive. I don't have an 8-inch knife stuck in my forehead. J Jack Burton has no reflexes. He couldn't hit a standing still egg shen from point blank range. The man is a drunk, a liar, and may he forever rot in the hell of the incompetent boat captains. This is all Wang Chi's fault. I, I made mistake, you know. I sent some of my boys over to the airport to politely escort Mao Ying to my place for cocktails and dinner. How was I to know they were to be married? Last time I saw her, she was working in the jewelry department of the Beijing Friendly Store. We made small talk. She said if she ever made it to the States, she'd look me up. How am I to know the future? Anyway. Wang gets all pissy and sad and gets his friends against me and my friends. And before you know it, Chinatown is enveloped in green flame. It, it happens. Get over it. Point is, do not believe what you see in this movie. It's purely fictionalized propagandist bullshit. My name is Lopan, and I am the 99%. All I know is this Lopan character comes out of thin air in the middle of a goddamn alley while his buddies are flying around on wires cutting everybody to shreds and he just stands there waiting for me to drive my truck straight through him with light coming out of his mouth. So some interesting factoids about this film. Um, you know, that there's a, the, op the very opening scene is kind of out of place and I'd never really noticed, but I actually read recently that... Um, the opening scene where Egg Chen is sitting with the, the lawyer and he, he shows him lightning between his, his hands. Um, apparently, John Carpenter was pressured to put that into the film by the, the studio. And, and, you know, it really, to, it's to the film's detriment because without that, without that moment, you'd just be watching this kind of boneheaded guy just kind of dicking around in, in Little China and, you know, getting his truck, messing around with his friend Wang, and then getting into the, the <laughs> middle of a, a gang oh, war. <laughs> getting in the trouble, he's messing around with his Wang, yes. But, getting, you know, just driving his truck in the middle of a gang war, and, you know, again, pretty straightforward 80s schlock. And then suddenly, there's all this supernatural stuff go going on, you know, from out of nowhere. And that scene would have been fantastic if we hadn't already had the preview of Egg Shen doing his, uh, his lightning. Um, it's funny that you say, you know, that, that, you know, your stepdad idolized Jack Burton. Cause I think the point of this movie is that really Wang, my Wang, Wang is really, he's really the hero. I mean, Jack Burton, he does some, some things right, but he also does a lot of bonehead things wrong. He is a complete buffoon. You know, he's not really the hero. He's the star, but you know, this is really Wang, Wang's story. And he's really the hero. I mean, he's saving his true love. And Jack Burton is just, you know, his sidekick who just says stupid things. And But, you know, it's, that's one of the many, many, many things that make this movie unique. And one of the many reasons why it is it is such a, a classic and why, you know, why it's brilliant is because... Yeah, and that, that, that's actually tough to swallow. I mean, I think I, I've known of people who've been furious at the scene where Jack Burton is ready to charge into battle and shoots the rocks over his head, knocks, him, knocks himself out. I've known people who's like, well, that's just ridiculous. He's, but that's that is so Jack Burton, and that's that's one of the many many things about the movie that are 
that are fantastic. Um, another thing that I do really love about this movie is, you know, you're just kind of dropped in and you're not much is explained. You're dropped into this really fully realized world and you really only kind of see the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you see all this stuff going on, but you know, nothing is ever really explained. You know, there's just, it's just, they just let you know that there's just all this arcane ancient lore, ancient Chinese lore and arcana that Jack Burton just kind of gets dropped into the middle of. And so do we. And again, you know, there's not the big reveal. There's not like the 20 minutes of exposition where, where it's all explained. It's just Jack Burton just kind of, he's there. He witnesses some creepy hells and deals with some, some, powers that are beyond his his understanding and then and then gets out i'm looking at you (laughs) uh yeah that's a really good it's kind of deep it's a good way to um summarize this movie and kind of some deep thought you know these types of movies that are campy and silly and ridiculous for me i'm one of those surface writers who just kind of goes along on the surface and enjoys the ride of the movie i never really kind of Enjoy the ride of the pork chop express. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah, and some wicker basket hats. Those were intense. They were like sombreros, lampshades, wicker patio furniture. Right. Well, combined. a couple of years later, after the when Mortal Kombat came out, I mean, those of us who knew this movie, the moment we saw Raiden in Mortal Kombat, we just immediately thought, hey, that's big trouble in Little China. <laughs> but of course, it was, you know... One thing I, I did pick up, that's another great thing about this movie. Every time I watch it, you know, I've only, I've, I've seen it probably about four or five times and it's been years between each viewing, but I always see something new and, um, you know, notice lots of new things this time. One of the things I noticed is that there's the three menacing storms who are, you know, the demigod-like henchmen of Lopan. You've got Thunder, who's very, very imposing and a terrible actor. And you've got, of course, Lightning, who's probably the worst actor and very, very powerful and then you have rain. I mean, you know, that's you've got like the two super tough imposing. You got thunder, lightning, and rain. And rain. Water is the most powerful element on earth. That's true. I shouldn't I shouldn't mock the rain. Um anyway, so that's what I have to say about the storms. Also, I did want to point out um I know that Lopan, our very own Lopan around here, not David Lopan from the film. Um, but David Lopan, who hangs around Deadpan. And I have been uh, checking out Boom Comics has actually continued the Big Trouble in Little China story. You know, basically from the moment he drives away, that's where the storyline picks up. And uh, John Carpenter is apparently a story consultant, and he's he's given his his blessing to, uh, to this comics line. As of this recording, there are only two issues out. I think number three is coming soon. But so far, the the first two issues, they do have it right. Jack Burton is still a buffoon who just spouts bullshit and is very, you know, the self-important bullshit. You know, it's not like he suddenly turns into this Schwarzenegger-like um, invincible hero. You know, he's still kind of a, a bonehead. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's, been, it's been a fun ride so far, at least th- through two issues, at least. It's been a fun ride. So I would encourage you... Those of you who really want to see um, to see more of the action and more more of the most awful creature effect in the history of film, um, all that's in the comics. So does that sewer creature still ex- is that monster that was on the bed of the truck? Is he in the comic books? Yes, and, and it's kind of ridiculous. Oh. Um, but you know, 
but it, there it is. It, it, you know, it's the creatures used to comedic effect, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's still kind of ridiculous. Oh come on! What the hell? So I guess you know that's there's lots to say about the film, but I'm going to leave room for for others. Um, and I suppose if I think of anything else that I really feel like I have to say, then I'll I'll just record it separately from this. But Desert Pixie, I suppose you can do the same. But um, since we're here in front of the microphone, this is your last chance to make a final remark about Big Trouble in Little China. Um, I want to go to San Francisco, and I want to ra- ride on the Egg Fu Young Tourist Express. <laughs> and maybe there'll be a Pork Chop Express sighting. I'm not sure. But I do. All right, there you go. Oh, wait, you pointed out... What about his shirt? Oh yeah, that's right. That's my fa- oh. Let's go on the favorite, my favorite effect of the movie. It's not really an effect. I guess it's a costume. My favorite costume of the movie is Kurt Russell's shirt. Is this samurai with the right Japanese rising sun on it? And I just thought that was ironic with um, them being in Chinatown and them talking all about Chinese history and everybody around him speaking Chinese. But yeah. Right. His wife beater was a Chinese, or excuse me, a Japanese samurai wife beater. I don't know <laughs> if that's a famous image or not. Sorry, we have a kitty cat trying to chime in also here. Yes. And you know, want to be careful having cats around Chinese <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> okay, I guess that's inappropriate. Um, so actually, and that, that does make me think of two other comments, and then I'll shut the fuck up and let everyone else have their say. Um, and actually, I've already lost one of them. So the one I'll say, uh, the one thing I will point out is that, uh, you know, Kurt Russell, also in this film, it, it's interesting because he's he's been a collabor- collaborator with uh, John Carpenter. And, you know, he recently watched The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, and also Escape from New York. And in those movies, you know, he's such a stone-cold, you know, Clint Eastwood-esque, low-talking badass and it is such a such a change of pace, really, for Carpenter and for uh, Kurt Russell in this movie, for him to go from being like this cool as ice badass to uh, to Jack Burton. Um, yeah, another thought. This is another thought that just sprouted just now. Is that this is another film? Yes, there, you could argue that that the sewer creature at the very end is the twist ending, but this is really a pretty light twist ending for John Carpenter, since he likes to kind of zing you in the last frame of every one of his films. I mean, I guess you could say that the creature in the truck is is his zinger for this one, but it's not quite the same as, say, They Live or or The Thing, for that matter. Um, okay, and my final comment is, whatever you do, whatever you do, do not confuse this movie, Big Trouble in Little China, with Showdown in Little Tokyo, with Dolph Lundgren and uh, Brandon Lee. Whatever you do. <laughs> Do not confuse those two films. All right. Well, thank you for shaking the pillars of heaven with me, Desert Pixie. (laughs) Anytime and always, Jack Mangan. Peace out. Okay. You people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. All right. Thank you all for listening. I'm told there's going to be more content coming, so keep your ears peeled for... Big Trouble in Little Palooza Part 3. Looking forward to that content. Uh, if you want to contribute, and obviously there's still time, because there's this third episode, if you believe the rumors.
The voicemail line is 480-788-JNDP. That's 480-788-JNDP. Or you can email me, recordings, at jackatjackmangan.com. Thanks again.